0: Thanks, Rana. Uh, speaking of promises, uh, maybe one more promise to pray for this afternoon. Uh, some of you would know Maggie, Maggie Chanturia from Georgia. <coughs> we used to li- when I used to live in High High Rise flat. We used to live next door to each other, and we became very close. She couldn't speak English. The council people couldn't communicate, so they used to go through me because I could use hands and all that. So she she's she's really like I've kept in touch with her and uh, she's now married she's got two lovely boys who I really love and they they really love me back as well and I've been trying to work on them and her husband is actually from Ukraine so I've been trying I think last last carol service I made the promise again that they would come and they ended up not coming uh, but because of because the husband is from Ukraine, so he has been personally touched by the events that are in Ukraine. So which has sort of like created an avenue for me to to to, to sneak in, so to speak, uh, to try and encourage them onto things. So they promise that they will come this afternoon. Um, again, it's it's another gap between promise and and, and, and coming. But uh, I've I've, I've visited them very regularly, I must say. So if we can pray for that, if they would come. And they they always ask about Jim and Janet and all those that that, that they still remember. So I'm sure um, they would love to come if if, if the (laughs) the NM doesn't snatch them away. So if we can pray for that, it would be good to have them in. Maggie and Victor, that's the husband, and the sons are... Thomas, and Alex. (laughs) Right. So, as Jim has said, um, I will be reading the last passages of Romans chapter 16, and certainly I hope not the last time you will hear about it, because we trust that you will continue to read these passages on your own. It's been a journey, hasn't it? Mm -hmm. A good journey, that is. And like any other journey, sometimes you come to an end, and the things that we're going to touch about really are in that atmosphere of somebody who is coming to the end of the journey. And the Apostle Paul is very concerned now as he closes the things that he has been teaching to remind the believers. He has brought in some very profound doctrine, and which we just scratched the surfaces of. So what I'm going to do is I will read from my portion, which is chapter 16 and verse 17 to the end of the chapter. And then we'll look at a couple of things. It's not a lot I'm going to look at, but to look at a couple of things uh, for our own consideration. Look, uh, Romans chapter 16, verse 17. Now I beseech you, brethren, mark them which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you have learned, and avoid them. For they are such serve not our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly, and by good words and fair speeches deceive the hearts of the simple. For your obedience is come abroad unto all men. I am glad, therefore, on your behalf, but yet I would have you wise into that which is good and simple concerning evil. And the God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet shortly. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. Timotheus, my work fellow, and Lucius, and Jason, and Sophie Peter, my kinsmen, salute you. I, Titius, who wrote this epistle, salute you in the Lord. Gaius, my host, and of the whole church, saluteth you. Erastus, the chamberlain of the city, saluteth you. And quarters, a brother, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. Now to him that is of power to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery which was kept secret since the world began. But now is made manifest and by the scripture of the prophets according to the commandment of the everlasting God made known to all nations for the obedience of faith. To God only wise, be glory through Jesus Christ forever. Amen. Amen. And as always, we always trust that the Lord will bless the public reading of his word. Now before we look at the first two verses uh, that in the portion that we have just read, I just thought maybe we could look at a couple of verses from Philippians. Philippians chapter 3. Just two verses there from verse 17 to verse 18. Brethren, be followers together of me and mark them which walk so as you have us for an example. For many walk of whom I have told you often and now tell you even weeping that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ whose end is destruction whose god is their belly, and whose glory is in their shame, who mind earthly things. Now, as the Apostle Paul comes to the end of this this chapter, he's obviously concerned about the saints. He knows that his time is short, that at some point he will live. You would remember in Acts chapter 20, as he talks to uh, the believers, I think it's Ephesus, as he leaves and he tells them that you are no longer going to see me again. And he expresses the same heart that I know that I am living and there are going to be grievous woes that will come amongst you. We, if there's anything that we should take from the heart of the apostle, is the fact that we should be jealous and guard fervently the things of scripture. We cannot be passive and be tolerant and accommodative when it comes to the strict doctrine of scripture. You would have thought that this passage was written today. But we see that these things, they've been happening even during the days of the Apostle Paul. And they are still happening even today. We cannot let our guard down. Now let's look at some specifics here. So the Apostle Paul says, mark them which cause divisions and offenses contrary to doctrine. Now in, in the passage that we read in uh, Philippians, the same word is used again. Mark them. Now what that word really means is pay attention. And in this particular passage, in Romans chapter 16, the attention here that is we are invoked to pay to is towards those people that are bad. Those people that are teaching things that are contrary. So equally from Philippians, we also need to mark people who teach the truth. I mean the Apostle Paul goes on to say follow me. It's one of the boldest statements that I've seen in scripture. Statements that I cannot get myself to say. But the Apostle Paul is the chosen one who brings the gospel to the Gentiles could say follow me. So it is not a wrong thing to have role models. In an assembly. There are people that we can Go to. I can tell you that I do phone people. I've been in the faith since 1997. But even myself, I do phone people when I come across life situations, biblical situations, things that I need advice to. Because there are people that I look up to as well. They've been in the faith longer than me and I trust them. Their testimony is open to the public They can be trusted. So for me, I mark them as well for my own benefit. But in this particular passage, we are encouraged to mark those that teach doctrine that is contrary to what Scripture has taught us. Now, not only should we mark them, we should avoid them as well. It's very easy for error to creep in in a church. Just text one person. I have seen churches of hundreds of people. Now, I'm not saying that I'm some kind of somebody who is better who sees wrongs and rights in in, in churches. But I could see obvious wrongness in the doctrine that is taught in church. All because of one man who leads the church. And I'm sure if you've got the television, you have seen a whole, not hundreds, and thousands, if not tens of thousands of people. Now, God, in his own grace, he still continues to save. He can still save. God's hand is not restricted. Restricted. But scripture is very, very emphatic to us to say, we ought to be on the lookout for those people, not because we have to emulate them. There are those that we should look out to emulate, but there are also equally those that we should look out and mark them because we should not have anything to do with them. Now, here at Bensham, we are far from perfect. We are in all sense of it work in progress. We are learning and we still continue to make mistakes and we continue to learn. But we if you have been here for a while you will notice that we are not careless. At least we try not to be careless. And we hope it's an example that we all should adopt for our lives personally not to be careless. You would notice that we don't open the table to anybody To just partake of the temple. It's not because we are a strict church. That is not the case. It's because we understand what the bread is and what the wine is. And I will tell you this. I have been to a church where they have had communion. And I had to let it pass me. I didn't partake of it. Not because I do not know what communion is, but because the things that were being interpreted this communion to be as, take this communion and you will have a great week this week. I am not making this up. Take this communion and you will succeed. Not even a single mention of the Lord's death, of the cross, his resurrection, redemption, sin I have seen it with my own eyes and you have a queue of long, long, long people I don't blame them it's because they are being taught wrong it's wrong doctrine and the apostles said, have nothing to do with them distance yourself mark them, know them you have to know them otherwise you won't be able to notice the errors of their teaching and we should not follow it. Mark them. What is their characteristic? They are they that are such self, not our Lord Jesus Christ, but their belly. And by good words and fair speeches deceive the hearts of the simple. Now what does it mean that They save their belly. Self-gratification. They mind the things of this world. Go to God channel. There is a whole lot of this. You would think this was written into the 21st century. They have taken the things of God and boy are they eloquent. They are smooth. They are the best sales people you could find. They know the right words to do. And they know how to manipulate people's moods. They know how to swing people's motions. They are very good at it. You can't beat them. They know how to get to people's vulnerabilities. But their end result is the same. Self-gratification. All that they are doing that for is to serve themselves and themselves alone. You can actually tell these people. When you go to their, to their churches, it is never about the things of God. And I am not lying. You can tell, you can, you can tell very quickly. Their messages when they get on the pulpit, it is never about righteousness. It is never about pleasing God. It is never about judgment. It is never about sin. It is never about God, the Lord's coming to take his people home. It is never about separating the sheep from the goats. their message is have your best life now it will be wrapped in all form of things from the communion itself to even the cross itself to the miracles that the Lord did they will wrap it up all the message can be summed up to what can I get for myself here and right now now don't mistake me God cares about the here and now God does But dear saints of God, we shouldn't be so consumed about the things of this world that we lose sight of heaven. We will have illnesses in this world. We will have bereavement. Our brother Bob Folder, he is gone, but not lost. He's opened the curtain. He is now in glory. If you ask me, believe me, he doesn't want to come back. But he is not lost. We are going to grieve with Anne. but we should not, our brother said, just read the the chapter to us. We don't grieve as if it is all lost. Yes, we do feel pain, but we are not people That are destined to the grave. There will be joblessness and there will be bills to pay. Our brother and sister here, they still continue to look for jobs. I will tell you too, I've been there and I can tell you this that God cares about joblessness. In His time, in his own way. Sometimes we don't know how. But don't lose sight of the fact that we are going home. We should not be fixated about the things of this world. These are part-time things. The lasting, the enduring things, the things that will carry beyond this, this, this grave is heavenward. Let us be looking up Let us not wallow and become consumed because we have got so many problems. I'm not trying to belittle the problems that we have in this world. There are some things that I can tell you in my personal life, but I won't. But I can tell you that unless you have understood, I don't know how I can communicate it to you, that the Lord, when he came into this world, He came to do a job, and he did it very well. He is now gone to prepare a place for us. Not here. Not here. Our place is prepared. Not here. Somewhere else. You have to get it to your soul, dear saint. You have to get it to your mind. You have to get it to the very inward of yourself to say that, the Lord has gone home to prepare a place for us. Where He is, is where our destination is. Whatever else happens in this world, we are going to cry, we are going to be in pain, we are going to suffer, we are going to lack, we are going to be in need sometimes. But all these things, these are part time things. I have a full time job, right? I do have people who come to me. Do help me with this in accounting, help me with my self assessment. I do those things for those for those people I do them, but that's part-time that's, that 's my part time job that's not where my, 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 my interest I, I, I invested right That is not where my living comes from. I can do them because I 've got spare time things to do. I can do those. but when it comes to to, to, to what do I do for, for, as a part time job I have a job at Park Deal, and that job I can wake up to 3 o'clock in the morning because that is where I am invested in as far as my income is concerned, that is where my permanent interests are. Our permanent interests are in heaven, folks. That is where our permanent interests are. All this that is happening here is part-time. Even the pain is part-time. But these people, you can't get them outside of the world. You can't get them out of the world they are stuck, their eyes are so glued to the ground, they can't even see their next step. Because all their interests, as far as their purpose in life, what, when they open this scripture, all they say is, what can I get for myself here and right now? They would do anything to get that. of the gospel. These are ravenous wolves and they will twist things. They will manipulate the word of God for their own gain. And by good words and fair speeches deceive the heart of the simple. Now, what is the heart of the simple? Now, <clears throat> this is not... This is not an inferior term. The word that is used there is akakos. The original word that is used is akakos. What it means here by the simple hearts, these are people with big hearts. These simple people. They're not simple people because they are little. They are simple people because they've got big hearts. They do not see or jump into seeing wrong things in other people. These are people that are harmless. I wish I was like that. These are people with big, big hearts. Their arms are open. They are not critical. It's a strength. It's not a weakness. It is a strength. But these Men who sell their bellies, they deserve take advantage of these people with big hearts. You know, twice I've been to it has happened to me when I, when I go to, to Coventry, the church that we go to there, that children goes to there. Twice when I sit down, last time it was a nine-year-old boy, I was sitting and this boy just came and just ran at me and just hugged me. I don't know this boy. I don't know whose, whose son he was. Oh, boy, was it sweet. I almost could not let him go. Second time, now, last time I was there, there was this little girl about two years old, wandering about as if they are lost. And then she turned and then she looked at me and then she beamed with a smile. Oh, you can't stop me once you do that. And she rushed at me and then I just picked her up and... I embarrassed Sharon. I mean, she was drooling and everything. I couldn't help it. She was kissing me over my forehead and everything. Kids have got big hearts. They don't, they don't, they don't start to say, oh, can I see your ID? Where is your police, police report? No. They don't do that. Kids are not like that. They've got big hearts. They are trusting. This is what it means by, by, by simple. These are people that are trusting Good saints that are trusting, who've got big hearts, who are very, very quick to embrace, very quick to love, very quick to give themselves to other people. And these people, they manipulate them and suck the life out of them. I mean, they will take their money and leave them without food if they could, whilst they fly in private jets and drive Outside. They take advantage of these simple people. For your obedience is come abroad unto all men. I am glad that therefore on your behalf. But yet I would have you wise unto that which is good and simple concerning evil. Now we meet again the word simple. But the English word uses the same word. But if you go into the original, you find that actually, this is a different word. This is akerois Now, we think, I think I spoke about this when we were doing, I think it was Romans 6, 7. What this refers to now, this is simplicity concerning evil. Simple concerning evil. What does this this mean? I gave an example, I think, when I was talking about this in Romans 6, 7, about Sarah's car. To say, if I go outside with my remote control and point at Sarah's car and click my remote control, the car will not respond. Sarah's car will not respond. Why? Because the signal that I am sending to Sarah's car It is not the signal that the car is interested in. There is nothing that my signal for my remote car would trigger an issue with Sarah's car because it's not designed for Sarah's car. But if I then use the same remote control to my car, my car will come alive. What is the difference? It's because there is a magnet so to speak that attracts the signal. The magnet that is in Sarah's car is not the same magnet so to speak that is in my car. Sarah's car will only, uh, only come alive to her remote control. This is what is talking about here being simple to concerning evil. It means that as believers we should be such that we become dead as far as the stimuli of evil is concerned. We should be like the remote control, my remote control pointing at Sarah's car. When we see evil, when evil comes upon us, we shouldn't be alert, we shouldn't have a, it shouldn't be a stimuli to us that reacts us, that responds back to evil. It should be. What was that? We should be oblivious to evil. What, what does this mean? We have to have interests as Christians. Interests that when we see them, when we smell them, we come alive. When you see somebody pray at the airport, do you not come alive? You come alive, don't you? My sisters, right? You think I am noisy. You meet my sisters when they are together. I mean, even I myself, I have to get up. Right? But I remember this other day. They were all there and my mom was there. And it was absolutely chaos, right? They had children, little ones, that were sleeping in the bedrooms. In the midst of that noise and chaos and everything, one of my sisters, the youngest actually, jumped up and ran to the door. And we're like, what's that? What is she right? What is she jumping to? She heard her baby cry. Even though there was so much noise around her, right? But to the cry of her baby, of all my nephews and nieces that were there, her baby, the cry of her baby. Her ear was tuned. Was a, is a magnet to the cry of her baby, at the faintest sound of her baby, even in the chaos of the noise of my sisters, her ear is so tuned to her baby that she became alive at an instant. Why? Because she has an interest in the safety of her baby. This is what is talking about here, that concerning evil. Evil should just pass us. We shouldn't even notice it. Because we, sh- uh, we should have hearts that are absolutely dead to evil. But are absolutely alive to righteousness and the things of God. Very quick to leap on the things of God. But absolutely slow and dead. And it comes to things of evil. I pray that I would have that kind of heart. I wish I could have that kind of heart. The things that we sometimes see on television, the things that we sometimes hear in our workplaces, just, just pass through. I don't even want to hear them. They should have no interest in me. The jokes that sometimes they tell in the workplaces, they shouldn't cause me to laugh. I should be dead to that kind of thing. You know the jokes that I'm talking about. This is what Scripture is talking about here, about being simple concerning evil. And God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet shortly. And the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. It's one of those truths that Scripture just drops there and then just just drops there as an obvious thing. Did you know that the devil, Satan, is going to be bruised under our feet? Did you know that? Did you know that Christians will have Satan under his feet? Did you know that? These are the truths that scripture tells us for our own courage and strengthening of our faith. It may look like evil is winning, it may look like Satan is winning. I mean, the laws that are being passed. I mean, our sister Janet works at the Christian Institute, they put up a good fight. For the cause of the things of God, but sometimes it looks like a losing fight. But do you know that Satan is going to be crushed under our feet? Mm-hmm. We don't walk by sight. No matter how the world looks, dear otherwise you won't go out there and witness. I'm telling you the truth. Mm-hmm. If you look at the way the world things goes, you won't go out and you think it's a lost cause but we have to know what scripture is telling us forget what the news say, forget what we see forget the work environment that we work in forget all that what the scripture tells us Satan is going to be bruised under our feet, therefore go out there on the streets, even if you be the only one on the streets who will be preaching the word of God you are on the victory side you will win we are going to win we can know that. We need to remind ourselves some of these things sometimes. If you are anything like me sometimes, you feel despondent. But certain, it's going to be proof of it. I'll close now. Now to him that is, that is of power to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ. According to the revelation of the mystery. What has been Romans all about? Romans has been about revealing unto us this mystery that God had hidden throughout all the ages. All along, in the Old Testament, it was known that there is a God, but he was known as the God of the Jews. If you wanted the God of the Jews, you got to go and join the Jews. You've got to go and get circumcised. You've got to go and observe all those feasts. You've got, if you are a male, you've got to go in front of for three times a year to present, not without a gift, to God. Why? Because he was not as the God of the Jews. But the mystery that was not known then, which is now known now, is that Gentiles are just as part of God's interest. And God is going to save Gentiles. And the church that we are now, both the visible and the invisible and by the invisible one, I mean all manner of assemblies that are churches that are out there throughout the whole world. They are not made up of just Jews. We, the Gentiles, who were once alienated from God, are now brought into the goodness that were the preserve, the sole preserve of the Jews. God always had a plan to bring light onto Gentiles. And this is what Romans talks about. Verses 21 to 24 talks about a number of people and lists them. Jim spoke very well last week about some of the names that are listed in the previous verses. And I couldn't help when I looked at this. You see... These names are named for us. Some of them, we do identify them. Gaius, for example, we do find him in, in Acts. We do. Some of them, we don't know exactly. We just told them who they are. Your name and my name is not here. But if you look, I can't help but remember what Jeb Nicholson said in his series, Church, the Masterpiece of the Ages. If you look at how the book of Acts ends, just says, oh, the Apostle Paul was two years in, in this house, and she was receiving everybody that comes to him, and he was preaching unrestricted. And then just stops. It leaves you saying, and. Stops. Why? Because the story doesn't end there. Yeah. The story continues. And it's got names. Your name, my name, name of the saints throughout the whole world. We are continuing the writing. Here we have a number of names, just a few, verses 21 to 24. But our names are written. Our stories still continue. The volume of scripture still continues in a way today with us, you and I. And until that volume is complete and the Lord closes it, we continue to write our story for a witness to the girl of his name. Let us pray. Our precious Lord and our good God, we thank you always for being a good God unto us. We thank you, Lord, for